Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. Here's the time when I would do my intro. Mike Rez, Mike Rez is over somewhere. Where are you, Mike Rez? Um, well, not in the barn, but yes. I can't really tell you where I'm at. I might be in Tokyo watching the Olympics. All right, friends. So normally I would introduce the show. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. But that is no more. Mike mm-hmm. Rez and friends, get ready for the new intro. You ready? I'm ready. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast. Welcome. Welcome, oh. friends. What do you think, Mike Arez? We're changing. We are. You know, with the, uh, with the name change, it doesn't take as long to say it. So if I'm going to swallow an energy drink or a beer, I have to be quicker about it. Yeah, and uh, with the allergies, and it's less editing for me. <laughs> I got to take that deep breath to the... <gasps> powerful welcome friends yes the only thing constant in the universe is rich guys going to outer space on dicks yes yes on uh phallic rockets welcome (laughs) friends you are experiencing the most amazing pop culture podcast ever what it is is me and dj micah rez we're going to talk about pop culture we're going to talk about movies music TV shows, everything under the sun. Alcohol reviews. Yes. It's called pop culture for a reason. Popular culture. Everything that we think is popular. On today's show, we will be talking about the 1955 Lamont disaster. But we're also going to be talking about other stuff, too. Now, Mike Arez, you mentioned Tokyo. Yes. You've been watching the Olympics. Tell us a little bit about the Olympics. What's going on? Well, so far... Uh, I believe China's kicking everyone's ass in medals right now. They have three gold and one bronze as we speak. Um, some of the team competitions are, are going to get underway or are underway. And that's where the United States should shine. You know, they'll be facing their rivals, Australia and England and Japan. But yeah, we, uh, we dropped a heartbreaker in archery yesterday in the mixed doubles competition the united states lost to taiwan and uh it was a a, an upset to say the least we we couldn't shoot a freaking arrow to save our goddamn lives yesterday we i saw a professional archery archist whatever you want to call him shoot a five yesterday dags a freaking five can you believe that what's a five <laughs> so when you shoot the arrow, it's like darts. You know, you shoot an arrow at a target, and you got the rings, and it goes one to ten. And of course, ten is the center, and that's what you want because it's cumulative. And she shot a five. Just did not take into account the wind. I think she sneezed or hiccuped or something, <laughs> and she hit a freaking five. It was it was uh, it was embarrassing to say the least. And they were 
they were the favorite to win the entire thing. This uh, this doubles pair. It's, it was weird. Now, are you getting into the Olympics as much as you used to? Because I feel yes. you are. Now that's amazing. Do you I think am. you're in the minority? Yes, it's hard to watch without a crowd. Um, although the swimming today, I was watching some of the prelims for that. At least they're letting the other athletes sit in the stands, and uh, so y- there is some cheering going on. But I think they said the the media outnumbers everybody. There is like 170 media members that they're letting in, and at least in the swimming part. And then uh, three on three basketball, uh, they are letting some spectators, but I think that's just the other teams as well. So there is some crowds in some of them, but the uh, opening ceremony I could barely watch because there was nobody there. It was an empty stadium. It was crazy. Now, how is Mark Spitz and Greg Luganis doing? Can you give us an update? (laughs) Um, Greg Luganis hit his head again, um, and I think Mark Spitz set a world record. Powerful. Thank you, Mike Rez, for that powerful update on the Olympics. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, I don't really give a shit. I don't know. It's kind of sad. See, I'm one of those guys who will watch the uh, the trials, and I'll be tearing up on the couch, and then members of my family will laugh at me because I'm doing that. And it's like, are you kidding me? It's like her dad just got a sliver in his thumb three weeks before this, and now she's going to the Olympics. That's great. Oh, yeah. It's you know, like, they always have, like, the background. Stories. Yes. Like, and then he got a sliver. oh my god it's like yeah it's like on america's got talent they always have those bullshit stories exactly what it is yeah yeah exactly yeah my goldfish died when i was seven i didn't (laughs) think i was gonna ever love another goldfish but they get called out yeah they get called out like that one dude supposedly was stuttering you hear about that one no yeah i think president yeah well i think he was full of shit and i think some of them told war stories they were full of shit Oh, I think I remember some of those, yeah. Now, I wanted to go, yeah, exactly. I wanted to go a little back on our history. This show, The Amish Baby Machine, the podcast formerly (laughs) known as Amish Baby Machine, is now the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast. We've been doing this since 2013, like Riz. It's a long time. Yeah, it really is. It's uh, it's been cool. It started, I had uh, various other hosts, guest hosts, co-hosts. Yes. Managers, assistant managers, Google boys. It's been quite an adventure. I had guys uh, smarter than me. I always have people smarter than me, like you, Mike Rez. Well, you know, somebody's got to carry the show. Yes, exactly. I'm just here for comic relief. And I'm the eye candy. Yes, you are. In fact, <laughs> on uh, social media, I saw you without your hat on. What's going on? You know, I, I got a haircut, and, I'm, and now I'm bespeckled. And I was feeling kind of hot. So I thought, why not take a picture? I wasn't looking at the camera. Did you notice that? That's yes. That's the uh, social media influencer Yes. in me. You're not supposed to look at the camera. That way people are look at that picture and go, well, I wonder what he's selling. Because yes. whatever it is, I, I want it. So I thought I'd give it a try. And up in th- this month, that is my, my most liked, tweeted, retweeted whatever photo of the month so tell the fans the what do we want to call the flock now i had a cool name and i can't think of it (laughs) the amazing friends how's that the amazing friends i like that mike and his amazing friends (laughs) powerful i'll still say powerful yes oh yeah you gotta say powerful yes still powerful 
And we have powerful new logo I designed. Yeah, we had uh, corrective eye surgery on the baby. Yes. I designed it and hired some guy overseas to do it for me. See, keeping people working. Yes. It's global. We're a global podcast. Very powerful, international, cosmopolitan. People in Australia. Neapolitan. Oh, we're huge in Australia. Yeah. We get nothing, but I was on, I was on iTunes in Australia, Micah Rez. Yeah. I went through one of those VPNs. Correct. What does that mean? Virtual. Virtual. Peanut butter. Yeah, I don't know what it means, but I did one of those VPNs on the weekend. And I saw this powerful review where they said we were the best ever. Really? Yeah, they said we interview like a machine. Oh, it's like I an amazing that. pop culture machine. Yes, we're like utterly the best. Yes, so you're gonna have to. Ever. Yes, you're gonna have to stay tuned. You're gonna have to follow us on social media right now. Follow Amish Whoa. Baby Machine, and that will uh, kind of link. Will slowly transition on social media to the amazing pop culture podcast. We are available on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All that's coming up, Mike Rez. Right, and if you already follow us already on those channels, when the name change happens, nothing's going to change. You'll still be following us. And in a worst-case scenario, just Google Amazing Pop Culture Podcast. Look for us. We will look for you. I'm excited. Micah Rez is excited. We got the powerful new logo. It's going to be on our merch. We're going to have stickers, hoodies. We should finally do that coaster giveaway now that we have new color schemes, too. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll pour some coasters and we'll give them away finally. Yeah, Micah Rez is a powerful resin poured paint artist. Mixed media. Mixed media. Yeah, that's like the, the nerd way of saying I pour more than one thing. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, we're excited, and uh, Mike Rez also has his uh, Nitro TC show coming Nitro up. Nitro Wave TC, yeah, August 14th at the Amsterdam Bar and Hall in downtown St. Paul. Come come check us out. we got a couple of of uh, out-of-town guests coming to town, so that'll be sweet. We have Lucy in Disguise and Destroyer from New York. So Lucy in Disguise was originally from California. And then moved to Wisconsin, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna travel into the great state of Minnesota for that show. And then Destroyer is gonna do a DJ set to end the night. Uh, but we have uh, our our good buddy Chris, aka North Innsbruck, will be opening the show. And then uh, Night Audit will be there as well. And uh, Galaxy Eighty, who is on the Time Slave Recordings. Uh, record label out of the uk so i was listening in disguise so we actually have two guys from the same record label playing with us on the 14th so that's gonna be pretty sweet and dj bionic will be opening up with the dj set of his own so it'll be awesome and then i'll be there and eric from the paradise arcade he and i will be co-emceeing the entire night so wow yeah nitro wave tc is going to be growing and getting doing some cool stuff so be on the lookout what are you going to be wearing, Mike Rez? Well, you see, that's... Is it a surprise? It's not a surprise. I just don't know what to do. So I, I bought some cool blades, you know, those sunglasses, those cool 80s sunglasses. Yes. And uh, I I don't know. Do I go with retro windsuit or do I do jean jacket attire? I just don't know. Either way, a fanny pack will probably will be, will be out. 
I don't, I'm just not sure yet. Are you going to feature the chest hair, the taco meat? No, no, not this one. I can't, I can't go too over the top on this one. Why is that? So, well, you got to ease back in. You, know, you can't just, besides, you know, that's, I just don't bust that out for anybody. You know, it just, that's got to be a special occasion. Do you have any tattoos? I don't. No, I got to get on that. 43-year-old with zero tattoos. What the hell? Yes, but that would be accurate, though, for the time, right? If you're truly retro, because tattoos weren't big in the 80s. No, no. So you're act- get, like a dagger or something. Yeah, you're actually a visionary. <laughs> you know, if we were going even further back, like to the 50s, I'd have to roll up a pack of cigarettes in my T-shirt sleeve. Oh, like a greaser. Hell yeah. Epic. I did that for Halloween one year. It was a greaser. Rolled up a cigarette box in my sleeve. It was sweet. I had a toothpick in my mouth. It was awesome. Awesome, Mike Riss. How many shows do you think you've done together with me on this um, powerful on podcast? This one? God, I think I lost track, but when did I? I came in, what, probably around February or March of 2000 or 2020. Powerful. It was right about the, God, it was, yeah, it was just about the pandemic wasn't it because we we did uh we did our uh joe exotic episode but i don't think that was the first one we did uh, no yeah it was sometime march of 2020 i think is when i hopped on board i'm so looking back like 50 50 episodes amazing and what everyone was, was amazing powerfully amazing utterly amazing yes powerful and it is time to talk about the topic we we're going to talk about today we will transition to a powerful segue into the 1955 Lemon disaster. Mike Rez, tell the amazing friends a little bit about this. I will. So we're gonna. I, I I'm gonna probably keep saying Lemon or Lemons just because that's the American in me. Yes, I say Lemon because uh, I think of why well, Because why well, you're you're eclectic. You're an eclectic person. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but thank you. You're welcome. So the 24-hour Le Mans or Le Mans, Le Mans race, I'm going to go with Le Mans. Uh, let's talk about what that is first. So it's a, a 24-hour endurance race uh, where sports cars uh, go and try to show off their brand. new. this was like how car makers would show off their, their super fast cars. So we're talking, uh, you know, Mercedes and Ford was involved for a while. Uh, Aston Martin was involved for a while. We just think of high-end sports cars. Ferrari was there as well. They would get, uh, I think they would have three cars each. They were able to uh, race in this race, um, and they would just go 24 hours to see who was the best, and that was just what they did back then, and they still kind of do it now. There is a tragedy that happened in 1955 that we're going to talk about. And that is known as the 1955 Le Mans disaster. And that was a major crash uh, that occurred on June 11th of that year. It happened on lap 35 and it killed more than 83 spectators, including the driver, Pierre LeVay, and it injured another 180 decks. This was one of the worst car accidents at a sporting event ever it was it was horrific i actually watched some of the video yeah and this has made mercedes-benz retire from motor racing until 1987 Uh, so that's how bad this this was but it also made racetracks add and start thinking about spectator safety and just adding safety features 
altogether. Now, what happened was the driver of a Jaguar that was in the race, Mike Hawthorne, pulled up and was going to pull over to pit and get some more fuel. And he actually, he made his hand signal because there was a hand signal involved to let people know you were going to pull over and start braking. Uh, but they had brand new, a brand new style of disc brakes on this car. And other drivers were not used to how slow or how fast they could slow down from the 150 mile per hour speeds, I believe they were going. And when he did, it caused another driver, Lance Macklin. So he started to uh, to swerve to miss the Jaguar that was braking. And he caused this driver, Pierre LeVay, to, his front front right tire to hit the back of his car. And he launched himself into the spectators uh, area right in front of pit row, which was a very busy section because that was where they started and stopped. And that just was just where they were gathered. He hit the berm at 125 miles per hour, Dags, and his car disintegrated sending the engine block, the radiator, big parts of the car into the stands. The hood of his car broke free and acted like a guillotine and decapitated, I think they said like 40, 40 to 50 spectators as it flew through the air. And then it started to just knock them off one by one. And like I said, this is a crowded area. The driver of the car, LeBay, was ejected. and died instantly when his skull hit the roadway he fell back onto the track and then his car burst into flames and mercedes was using a new or magnesium it burst into flames and nobody knew how to put that out and so they're using water on it and it was causing worse flames and and making the fire bigger and some of the spectators actually died because of the firefighting of the accident itself because it was just making the fire worse and spread um, and then the embers were just flying in the air and landing on people. LeVay's wife was in the pit area and watched this all unfold in front of her and she saw her husband hit the ground and die right in front of her. It took a little while for the police to or somebody in the first responder to hit or to pull up a banner off the wall and cover him up and then if you watch the video i don't know if you saw this dags but they actually show them dragging him off of the the, the track to try to get him away from the fire yeah it was it was horrible i did watch the video showed his smoldering body yeah it was hard to watch yeah now i think if the amazing friends want to go look this up i would suggest looking up the still photos first and then when you're looking at that and you're in awe and amazement of that, then go to YouTube and look up the videos because there's actual video of the car wreck itself. And you just won't believe seeing the car fly in midair and then watching it disintegrate. And then you actually see the engine block take off and you see the hood take off. And it's hitting everybody right there that's watching this race and there's nowhere to run. It's just devastating. I think they said they... Actually, the official count is 83 spectators and the driver and 180 injured. But I read another story, Dags, that said that that was vastly undercounted. They just didn't want it to look as bad as it really was. But, you know, with all the media and things there, it was just there was no way of hiding that one. But they wanted to try to hide it as much as possible. 
to me, it's amazing that at that high rate of speed, you think they'd have higher berms. Right. 120 miles an hour when it, when it hit the berm. I mean, that's an incredible rate of speed. And like you said, it disintegrated and then it just perfectly spread it across like someone skipping napalm just right, right across the entire spectator row. I mean, the hood itself, they said, like you said, just sheared people's heads clean off. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was terrible. And they didn't actually stop the race right away either. They were waiting for somebody else to call it off. But what had happened was they didn't call it off. The people in charge, uh, I think it's the interior department of France is who's in charge of the race and the interior minister is the one that makes that call. Um, and the guy who was in charge who's there as like the face of the interior department. He couldn't make that call. He, I think he wanted to, uh, Mercedes Benz pulled out of the race right away. Obviously their driver just died. And the other driver, the driver that caused, or I guess unofficially caused the wreck by breaking, um, and heading into the pit, uh, his team talked about, pulling out of the race but then they decided not to and the driver that was pitting that caused the chain reaction of events actually won the race um, which kind of was awkward because he still celebrated as if nothing happened uh, even though you know less than 18 hours earlier he had caused a wreck that uh, took a man's life and killed 182 other people or killed 82 other people and hurt 180 more yeah, it's it's amazing that one car can do that much damage. They stopped the Le Mans race, I think, for a couple of years as they made improvements to that track for safety reasons and actually stopped auto racing around the world for a while, too, while they made improvements to all the tracks across the world um, because that actually kind of opened everyone's eyes, unfortunately, to realize that their tracks probably weren't the safest because, you know, it's a spectator sport. I don't get it. I don't watch racing, but you know, there's a lot of people that do and, and they wanted to get down as close as possible. And at the time that was what they let them do. Like they were pretty much right up next to the track when this happened. So, I mean, anything could have happened. And I think they're pretty lucky that nothing had happened earlier. You know, it's probably just dumb luck that nothing else had happened. Um, but unfortunately this tragedy had to happen for them to realize that they needed to make safety that much better yeah it, to me it's amazing they didn't stop the race and i heard some arguments they said they didn't stop the race because that way uh people trying to get out would panic and there would be a log jam and emergency response vehicles couldn't show up well then you just delay it right you just stop the race and then wait for that to occur yeah and then, and then you just say okay we're done but what was the i think there was a another reason like in it was 1952, some other tragedy happened, and they didn't stop whatever was going on. I don't think it was a race, but it was something else was going on, and they didn't stop that. So that was like their precedent to keep going. The whole the whole thing, I mean, if you think about it, it reminds me of uh, air show disasters, too. I don't know if you know about any of those, but there's been air show disasters where the planes you know, collided in midair and then just came in and wiped everyone out in the audience. And they've, So they've changed a lot about that, too. Right. Oh, that's what it was. In the 1952 thing was a, was an air show disaster. Now that you mention it, can you imagine how deafening it would be to be that close to those cars? No, no, I can't at all. I mean, it's loud at a NASCAR race. Can you imagine a race where, you know, an older sports car where they don't have everything, you know, designed for that? That's just nuts. 
I was thinking about that, how loud it would be, but then it would be pretty exciting to be that close too. I mean, that's, that's the reason they all piled together. And I think that was one of the problems was they are all so tightly squeezed in that one area where the car came in. Yeah. Thing that really sucks. One of the things I was reading and it, it warned me that it was going to be a little graphic in their details, but they were also talking about, you know, there was families down there. So a lot of kids had passed away Yes, because of this. In one of the, the YouTube videos Dags I was watching, uh, they there's a, just a, a quick little thing in there where, you know, it was right after everything happened and people were running everywhere. There's a, a woman with her kid running towards one of the bodies. So I was like, that just sucks because, you know, she's running back to check on her husband. You know, her kid is there and she, you know, their kid saw, you know, their dad, I don't know if he got hit by part of the engine block or the car or or the hood, you know, it just, it just sucked while watching some of that. But yeah, I mean, it broke off into the major pieces. They said like the engine block and everything, but all those other smaller pieces must have acted as shrapnel too. So because there was, because there was a ton of injuries beyond the 83 deaths. Yeah, there was 180 injuries. They said one of the other drivers on the track that was avoiding, I think he was the, the original driver that swerved he missed the, the Jaguar that was breaking. He hit um, a photographer or something that was running away from the explosion or something or was trying to get away from parts of the shrapnel. I can't remember what this photographer was doing, but he ended up on the track and ended up getting hit by one of the other cars. I was surprised that it was only basically only two cars were involved in that crash. Yeah. Yeah, it was the uh, the one that swerved and then the car that hit him. And at those speeds, when I said it's front right tire just rolled up on the back of his car and then sent him in the air yeah because at first like when skipping I, rock yeah exactly when i first heard about it you know i thought that many casualties it would have been just tons of cars just flying in every direction just the fire and then the impact of the car one thing i thought was kind of crazy was the fire itself was pretty contained i thought when they were talking about fire like that whole sand would be up in flames you know so did i is I think on the the Wikipedia was the first story I read, and they made it sound like it was just a big inferno afterwards. Yeah, but I'm, you watch the videos and you read some of the other stories. It was like it was just contained to the car itself, the main body of the car. Yeah, and the the problem was with a magnesium alloy that burns so hot, they didn't they didn't know how to put it out. Right. Yeah, and, and water doesn't help a magnesium fire. No, it just it like burns at such grease. a high temperature. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's, like a grease fire. You just yeah. Worse. Well, that's why back in the day they used to have mag wheels, those magnesium wheels. Sure. And then this is part of the, you know, the thing they, problem is magnesium burns so at such a high rate, but it's also so light and so strong. That's why they used it. Right. So, yeah, I was amazed at the fire. I thought the fire was going to be, I don't know. Did you ever see footage? I don't know when it happened. There was a big fire in like a soccer stadium. Uh, I, was this like in the seventies or eighties? Yeah, I don't, I don't know yeah, when it was. I, I remember watching, seeing a video of but that. Of, yeah. yeah, that was a horrific fire, and that's what I was imagining when I heard about this disaster. Sure, I thought like the whole bandstand, you know, grandstand. I mean, went up. Right. But like you said, when you look at the actual video, it's just basically the car, and but it was such a hot flame that I mean, definitely anyone around there was injured or killed. Yeah, yeah, not a good thing all around, but. Yeah, definitely to watch. There's one of the videos, and the subject, the car wreck didn't make me laugh, but it was one of those old newsreel 
videos with the the old the news guy, you know, reading like this, and he's like, "Nineteen ninety-five, Lamont's crash." Yes, exactly. You know? <laughs> that kind of lightened it up for me a little bit, just because that sounded a little ridiculous to me. But the footage itself is amazing. You gotta you gotta go watch it. It was something that I I knew about, and I I wanted to talk about it because it's it's something a lot of people don't know about. Were you familiar with it before you looked into it? No, I had no idea. So you pulled that out of your uh, your amazing brain. Yes, powerfully and, amazing uh, brain. I had no idea that this had even happened. I actually didn't know. My only uh, dive into the into Le Mans, other than just thinking it was a a car itself, because that's how how, how into cars I am, was right after I saw Ford versus Ferrari, and they talked. You know, they the Le Mans race was part of that movie so how did you like that film i liked it i enjoyed it it was pretty interesting i like i like christian bale as an actor though yeah he really is good plays plays those characters well uh matt damon's okay but matt damon seemed to be pretty pretty sterile in this movie wasn't wasn't his best work no i the problem with matt damon now is after i don't know when it happened but he plays the same character just in different movies now he's got like one one version of himself and that he doesn't lose himself into characters anymore. <laughs> kind of like days of thunder. It was just, uh, it was just top, <laughs> top gun, top but, gun in, but a car. in a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was the exact same thing. The Chevy Lumina. Whatever happened to the Chevy Lumina? Oh, there's I a fine know. automobile. Did you own we, any of those? We need to bring it back. Yeah. They had the Euro sport and the Chevy Lumina. Chevy Lumina. That was a minivan. Right? My intro to the Lumina is the van. Yes, the mini. That was the only thing I knew about. And we had, uh, I had a friend who had a red one, and I had a friend who had a blue one. Just the way that they were built, it looks like, uh, like the very first rendition of a Cybertruck. Maybe that's where Elon got the idea. Yeah, the Cybertruck. That's going to be dropping soon. Yeah, it is. I was, (laughs) I was just uh, having a, a reminiscent discussion about when they rolled that out and uh, when they had Elon and like their designer or head engineer, whoever it was up there with them. And they were talking about the unbreakable glass and they threw a bowling ball through it twice. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, Oh man, that sucked. (laughs) I don't don't think it was quite a bowling ball, but a brick ball, whatever it was, it was (laughs) the glass still wasn't supposed to break. We don't do facts on the amazing (laughs) pop culture podcast. Absolutely not. It's just theory and conjecture. <laughs> I don't know what conjecture is, but that's what we do. Anytime uh, I start a sentence off with I think, I'm probably full of shit. Yes. So, yes. Facts are gone. There's no more facts. No. I was, I was actually in a Tesla last night, Mike Rez. You were? Yes. One cool thing about them is the huge screen they have. They have this giant flat screen in there. So I was enjoying YouTube videos while in a car. In fact, well, then, I wa- that's not distracting at all. No, in fact, we watched uh, our powerful uh, YouTube video where we enjoyed the Hostess cupcakes and beer. Oh, that's a good one to watch while you're driving. It really was. Were you in a, a Model S or a three, or were you in the new Plaid? I mean, what what model were you in? We What's were in the dual motor Model Three. Ooh. That sounds like fun. It's incredibly quick. How it's many like, miles to much, the electron do you get? Much like my wit, very quick. I don't Ooh. know. 
miles to the electron. Yeah, well, Atom you don't get miles per gallon on those things. Atomic batteries to power. Oh, man. Turbines to speed. It's all lithium to me. Yes. I'm excited, Mike Riz. First episode of the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast. Awesome. What are your thoughts? Well, obviously, it was amazing, first off. Powerful. Um, it, it felt the same as the old name. So I guess you can say that the amazing friends will just be like, wow, they just changed the name and logo. Everything else is, is unchanged. It's only getting better. That's right. Yes. And we just ask you guys one thing. Please tell a friend about the amazing pop culture podcast. God, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the amazing pop culture podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast. The Amazing Pop Culture Podcast is available everywhere fine podcasts are found. Please follow us on all social media and check out our Amazing Pop Culture merch.